Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, hello, good morning and welcome everybody to the Bungie and Bretster Show live on 1629 SENSA. We are here every weekend to brighten up your Sunday and it's great to have the star of the show back in the studio. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! Great to see you, Bungie. You're back from a couple of weeks R and R up in Darwin. You must be revived and ready to go. I was, Case, until I came back to this weather. I tell you what, <laughs> 35 degrees, singlet and thongs, and I come back and I got Ugg boots and jumpers on. What's going on here? Well, I've got no idea. Let's see if we can find out with a man with all the answers. From Mar, big shot by Brett Mar. Ah, the big shots in the house. Brett Ma, welcome to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it is good to have the great man. Uh, we had a few technical difficulties last week, so it's good to have him uh, back in what, the studio. Eh? I could see you, but I just couldn't hear you. <laughs> so uh, Jason well, and I were trying, we were working hard, but there wasn't much going on. That Some doesn't work that's well. Good. That, well, it doesn't work well in radio. If you, <laughs> the sound is probably the most important part. But I've got to say, Brett Ma, we've seen fantastic photos on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. The great man catching fish. And the only yeah. fish that I've seen here this morning is the one on his T-shirt. Yeah, look, I don't know what's going on with that. I was expecting an esky loaded with At some, least. some dugong, some turtle, <laughs> some, some, some you to catch them? boar, some fish. We've got nothing. I case. I'm, I'm allowed to do that, Case. But, uh, well, where nah, are they? Like, Where's the big sack? Oh, I've, got some, I've got some barra in the freezer. And, hey, there's when, nothing, Case. Nothing. <laughs> When there's a decent day, I told you, Blakes, when there's a decent day, I'll fire up the barbie and I'll, I'll get you around and uh, I'll give you a bit of a taste of the wares. Ah, well, we're looking forward to that. We do this all thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. And so much sport, I don't know where to start. We've got a stack coming up. The 36 is winning. The Adelaide Lightning are winning. The Adelaide Giants are winning. The Rugby League World Cup, where the world champions, men's and women's, it's all happening. And how about the cricket? Does anyone care about the cricket anymore? Well, I don't think Crickets. so. It's too much. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> oh, it's a, it, we can't even get a crowd. No. It's got. A, it's too much. It is way too well, much. Well, it's a fair sign, isn't it, that they've overdone it. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have to make some changes. And a lot of talk has been happening about whether one of the uh, levels should be dropped. And uh, I think uh, the middle one probably is if they're going to drop one, drop you have 50. to keep test. But uh, 50, and we were talking about it before the show, maybe make it a hybrid between the T20 and the 50, somewhere in between, could could work. But people these days are after that quick, short entertainment burst, aren't they? I think they are. And it's uh, When they play the 50-over match, it, it, they do take a while to get going. They, get, you know, they sort of get their eye, and it can be a little bit slow early. And then when it gets to sort of the last 15 overs, that's when they start to have a bit of a crack. And... Um, yeah, I think if they could find a uh, maybe a happy medium, 
But at the moment, there's just way too much cricket. I think we're just we're just over it. Well, the coaches and the captains aren't turning up. They're taking the day off. I mean, why are you playing the tournament if the coach and the captains from both teams can't be bothered turning up? How does the coach in cricket need a day off? I mean, I can't see them doing that much. They're, they're working with the team through the week, sitting there slogging beers back, I'd imagine, on game day. <laughs> like, what do they do? They've got nothing to do. They don't need a day off. That's too much. I've got to sit in the box and watch cricket. Well, I reckon they oversee a number of teams as well. So it wouldn't just be just the, the one side. And Andrew, uh, sorry, uh, McDonald? Andrew McDonald. McDonald. Yeah, Andrew McDonald. He's... Uh, he uh, he'd be overseeing a number of players, so he's obviously got to he's obviously got to manage his own time and uh, make sure that he's fresh and ready to go. But he's just feeling like if the crowd's not rocking up, why am I rocking up? Well, the crowd aren't rocking up because they're not rocking up. <laughs> and I think you're, if the two captains and the coach have a, have to have a day off, they are they're working too hard. And I don't begrudge them a day off, but that means there's just too many days that they're working. We need to pair it back. We win in Adelaide by six wickets against England and we win by 72 runs last night in Sydney. We had 15,000 in Adelaide, almost 17,000 in Sydney. Those games normally are 50,000 crowds mm. and that's what we're getting. I think the message is loud and clear. Do you think the weather's playing a part as well? Well, we haven't had great weather over the last month. Weather, well, COVID, well, there's, there's a new number. wave. Yeah, there's the COVID. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. people. But, like, you look at the World Cup and I heard the commentators talking the other day and they were saying how bad it has been you know, the, the crowds have been down and they were very disappointed in, in that. And they were actually talking, and these are ex-legends of the game, talking about, are we just, is there too much cricket? Is that the problem? But I think there's a number of contributing factors. And I think the weather over the last month hasn't really helped either. Well, it's all piling up. And the thing with the one day, we're very good at the one day. And one day, the T20 is very batsman dominated, like just go and have a slog. The one day is a bit more Strategic. hedged towards, not towards the bowler, but they have an even pairing, I think, with the batters. And I really love watching Zampa um, bowl. He's turning the ball. He's exciting. He's young. He's vibrant. Um, for me, he was very good. He picked up the four wickets yesterday as well. He was good. But also watching Steve Smith when he's in form um, is great. Uh, and I'm really happy to see him in good form. Him and Labergé uh, to uh, are very good. My favourite two batsmen to watch at the moment. Is that Labergé? Lab yeah, that guy. that guy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's my favourite. Hey, <laughs> Steve Smith, certainly, he's not taking any time off. And one thing I've noticed about Steve Smith, and he, he was talking about it the other night, is that he's, he's made some adjustments to his batting as well. Um, and it's really shown that the, his last four um, ODIs, but he's 64, uh, sorry, 61 off 94, 105 off 131, 80 off 78 here in Adelaide, and then 94 off 114 balls uh, last night. But that little adjustment in his technique where, you know, you used to see Steve Smith walking across the crease and opening up sort of like uh, his... Uh, um, leg stump. On, leg, yeah, his leg stump, basically. Um, but he's just... Dangerous now that he's actually he's he's feeling good, saying that he's actually finding the middle of the bat. So that's scary for mm. um, for for opposition. But he's the fastest Australian batsman to to reach fourteen thousand runs um, in in the that uh, in the the one day series, and he's just in some some rare form at the moment. So it's good to see. It's exciting, and I've got a question for you. We've just come off the World Cup. We got done. We didn't even make the finals, and we're talking about a hybrid between the, the, the T20 and the, the 50, 50 um, over game. 
Why aren't we playing that team in that competition? Well, good uh, question. Yeah, good question. And that, I mean, you look at this team, um, it, this team would go, well, we don't have Mitch the Stark. X factors. Mitch Stark couldn't of... get a gig. He's taken four for 47. There's a couple of guys that I think you chuck in the T20s as the X factors. So guys like Max Wilber, and we know he's broken his leg in an interesting incident, which will, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but uh, <laughs> Be a um, but yeah, a couple of those guys, Finch, all of those guys are X factors. But I really like this team. Kerry's struggling a bit with the bat, and I don't mind if they dump him; he can come back to us in what? the BBL. Oh, hang on, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! There was, there was, there was, there was, the drive-by. Get rid of Alex Carey. You're a South Australian. Only He's so he one can of play us. for us. Oh, Screw oh, the Australian team. Right, right, I want right, him right. with the South Australian team. So he hasn't had to do much, though, really. No, well, he hasn't. The other guys are playing well, but he got he got zero for one. Not ideal. Um, the other one, Stoinis, I reckon, in that lineup is struggling a little bit. They're the only two. The rest, I think, are flying at the you moment. You've got to keep because him and, up and down. You've got to keep Stoinis because him and Zampa are their little bromance. Mm. They're like two peas in a pod. Uh, I, I feel sorry for England. Like you just win what? a. What? Yeah, yeah. Did you, you just? Not, <laughs> he's lost the plot this morning. Brett Maher <laughs> is un, being un-South Australian now, loving <laughs> the pod. I'm very South Australian. You, you haven't had a coffee this morning or something. I, I, I did. I, you? I, yeah, he I hasn't had his nippies. Night. He hasn't had his nippies. Drink your juice. Drink your juice. No, they win a World Cup. Three days later, you got to go back out and play again. Who won? Too who much cricket. To play? Who wants too... to play three days after you just won a World Cup? It's either too on. much beer or too much... Too much. Let them better celebrate better than... for a week. I think that's the problem. They were celebrating too hard and forgot they had to back it up. Well, right. they even admitted that. Now, a two-test series, Australia versus the West Indies, starts on Wednesday the 30th of November. The second test here in Adelaide on... From Thursday, the 8th of December, which is the best ground in the world. The only good thing to come out of that game, apart from Australia winning at the Adelaide Oval, was the scenic shots of the ground at night. The rest of the world will be looking at that and saying, must put that on the bucket list. Get the cricket game there. Can they get the cricket back to Adelaide Oval? Because since I've been home, that's the only good day I've had. Was watching the cricket and seeing the sunset in the background. It's the only good day. So I'm happy. You're saying we've been inundated by too much cricket. Bring the cricket back to Adelaide Oval if we're going to get days like that. Well, the strikers are certainly doing well in the Women's Big Bash mm. League as well. Big day for them. They play at quarter to five this afternoon against the Sydney Thunder, the bottom team. They're going to need to win to play finals, and they'll know the equation ahead of them. So it's an exciting finish to the season for them. It's a tight ladder, isn't it? When you look at the ladder, I mean, currently we're sitting fourth. We could finish anywhere from second to sixth. We can yeah, miss out on can still miss out. So uh, it's good to have a good tight competition. The... Um, Sydney Sixers uh, are looking pretty good. Um, but, yeah, we should win that. And hopefully, if we can finish second, uh, that'll be a huge advantage uh, for the girls. But um, really enjoyed watching – God, didn't um, Tully McGrath have a day out the other day? She was absolutely fantastic um, in that game against the Hurricanes. Um, 85, was it, she scored? No, 93 oh, or 51. Um, yeah, she was very good on 15 overs. Uh, it took her to get that. So, um, yeah, good to see her. Some great form. Outstanding work. Well, that's a good start to the program. We've got plenty more to, still to come. We better take a break, get one away here for Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the parade at Nor. We might even delve into Mayhem Collectibles and find out how that card is going, the Brett Maher 
trading card to see if it's come up in price. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Our open line, one 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427-154-166. We are here for you. It's the Bungie and Bredster Show on 1629 SENSA. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us here on 1629 SEN SA. We do it thanks to the Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. And they had a good win last night, 20 points over the Shane Hills Sydney Flames. We'll get to that a little bit later. But right now, we've got a great guest coming onto the show. We've got some tremendous sponsors of this show. And Mayhem Collectibles is one of those. And the great man, Michael Zito, is on the line to tell us more. Good morning to you, Michael. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, good. Thanks, Michael. Uh, glad you could join us. We know uh, you've got a bit of the uh, the deadly cough, the COVID special. So thanks for coming on. Um, we wanted to ask you some questions about the store and collecting of cards and uh, all the other stuff you have in the store. What can people expect at the store uh, on the parade at Norwood? It's pretty much opposite the footy ground there. Um, what can people expect when they walk in? Yeah, listen, so the uh, my best mate and I, Michael too, who you've met, uh, we started the store uh, probably about six months ago now. To really, the, the idea around it was to give people a different experience. I mean, people have been collecting cards since, you know, the, the 40s, 50s, 60s. And, um, and whilst the industry's changed so much, we just found that card stores really haven't, and uh, and there wasn't a uniform experience across the board when it comes to you know, collecting everything from sports cards to TCGs like Pokemon and everything in between. So we really designed it with the uh, with the idea in mind around education, educating people, you know, why these things worth so much, um, as well as you know providing a place where everyone can get together and share their experiences and create a little bit of community. And, and Norwood's proven to be a really good place to do that. Well, I'm, I'm pretty excited that I've actually kept hold of my Scanlon's Cricket Stickers books back in the day, Brett, so they might actually come to, uh, might actually be worth something. But, Michael, one thing we've been talking about on the show when we talk about Mayhem Collectibles is Brett Markards. Oh, God. Now, yep. I just want to ask you, are there any around? And what is the value of a Brett Markard if there are any around? Do, do you have any clue? Listen, I am a listener, so I know this is a bit of a reoccurring thing. Uh, the old Brett Markard. We're trying to talk oh, up the price, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you're trying your best. I haven't, I haven't seen it be reflected in the industry yet. Keep, keep it going, boy. Uh, there's there's got to be one that good. exists, though, Michael. There has to be one around. Yeah, I've got it. Um, and I think Mum's got one. Uh, no, on a serious note, Michael, um, if people – I know there's yep. some avid collectors – um, but if people are looking to get into yep. into collecting cards or you've got the pops there, you've got heaps of different stuff, um, yep. how do you get started? What, what's the best way to get into it? Best way to get into it, to be honest with you, because it, it depends on so many things. It depends on, you know, what are you wanting to collect? Are you wanting to collect something along with the kids, like a TCG, like Pokemon, which is, you know, internationally uh, a massive thing? Um, is it something that you personally want to get into for one of the sports that you follow, such as, you know, the NBA or footy cards or 
soccer cards. You've got the World Cup coming up at the moment, so a lot of people are jumping on that. And cards are a, a, a really good way of investing uh, in players or teams. Um, it, it's like having shares in that particular player. So, you know, based on their performance or how your team goes throughout the year, a lot of people use it for a, a variety of different ways, whether it's to make a little bit of money when they have great games or the performance of that athlete sort of, you know, skyrocketing. Uh, it could be a personal thing that they just, you know, they love that particular player and for them it's about having a you know, memorabilia. The best way to get started, come down and see us, have a chat with us. There's a huge range of products and so many different ways to get started. Uh, and depending upon budget and, and time and everything else, just come in store and have a chat to us. Well, you've got my attention, Michael, when you said it's a good investment. So yep. for our listeners, yep. what's hot right now? Who's hot mm-hmm. right now? Well, let's just talk Let's talk uh, NBA, for example. And you've got... So the way that cards generally work is that when rookies are printed, uh, they're printed a year after the fact. So you've got a lot of rookies coming into their second year, like your Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, etc., cetera, um, whose rookie cards are being Josh printed Giddy. now. And so... Giddy, absolutely Giddy. I can't believe I forgot Giddy. But yeah, Giddy is massive. Uh, and so definitely Josh Giddy cards, definitely Scotty Barnes cards. You've got, you know, players who are really starting to skyrocket in popularity now. Jamarant, um, a good example. Zion Williamson's shown a lot of promise coming back to the Pelicans. Uh, then you've got your staples like your Luka Doncic, your Stephen Curry. You guys hold some really cool events too, Michael, both in-store and out-of-store. Can you tell us about some of those? I know you do special openings and pack openings there, but um, also some other pretty cool events. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, definitely. So a couple of things we're doing, we've actually got a trade day on today um, for Pokemon in particular, and uh, Ando, Unlisted Leaf, who's a pretty famous YouTuber who comes from Adelaide, which is really cool. He's going to be down there signing autographs and opening packs with with the kids and adults um, for a new set that's just been released uh, called Silver Tempest. So there's going to be a massive trade day there today. Other things that we do is also product breaks. So a lot of the time, Brett, you've been in the store, mate, you understand these, these cards get pretty pricey, man, especially the hobby boxes. So they can range between, you know, four to 500 bucks for a half a dozen cards right up to the tens of thousands of dollars. Um, so the, what we've been doing at the moment is uh, doing these breaks where people can buy a spot in the breaks. Uh, we, break the, we break the products live on air. It's a random number generator, so you get assigned a team. It's a really, really good, affordable way to get into the collection without having to put in a ton of money. Hey, Case, I just picked up on one thing Michael said there. His old mate over here, he's been holding out on us. He's been going down there. (laughs) He's been going down there and having a look at these these little deals and not even including us. I tell you what, it's an awesome store. You go in there, the way the guys have set up, they've got some pennies there, they've got NBA Jam. The store is set up very well. And as Michael said, it's not the old stuffy sort of trading store, it's really modern up to date, and these guys are on top of everything. Uh, thanks for taking us, Brett. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Michael, so I wanted to un- I just get an understanding. How, how, do, how do we compare? Sorry. How do you compare? Oh, no, how do we compare, like, in terms of Australian market to the international? I know, like, this sort of stuff is massive yeah. in the US, but how do we compare to the international yeah. market? 
Really well. Surprisingly, really well. I mean, obviously, AFL is a very uh, a local sort of sport, so there's not much traction with cards outside of Australia when you're selling, say, footy cards. But we are a surprisingly big market share um, of what's out there in terms of the hobby. I mean, Australians love their sport. You know, Australians love collecting. And, um, and it's really, really cool to see how many people are involved that you just, you really wouldn't know unless you sort of, you know, you're like us, you started a store, um, both online and, and, and retail and realize how big the market actually is. And, um, uh, Michael, what else, uh, can you tell us about the store there that you've, uh, you got coming up in the next couple of weeks? I know leading into Christmas, um, a lot of kids, uh, are probably going to be expecting some packs. Um, what, what have you got going leading into Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Listen, we're going to be running specials. Probably the biggest special up until Christmas uh, is going to be the Black Friday sale that we're going to be advertising really soon. And that's going to be a number of specials across the store, uh, both online and in person. So if you can't make your way down there, certainly those specials are going to be reflected on our online store. Um, Keep up to date with our socials. We're always running specials. We've got a lot of interesting and exciting holiday holiday specific products or Christmas specific products both in the sports genre and with your TCGs like Pokemon. Um, everyone's looking for cool gifts. Everyone's looking for something unique come this time of Christmas. We're obviously going to be stocked to the shelves with all the new items, all the new releases, all the new products. Uh, it, it, just, it really depends. I'm getting a, lot of, I get a lot of grandparents, a lot of family putting, uh, putting aside money for specific cards, specific players, different sort of sets that are coming out. So... Yeah, there's always something interesting and products are, you know, dropping weekly at the moment. It's, it's pretty exciting time. Speaking of dropping weekly, I just noticed uh, that uh, you have a FIFA World Cup of the Qatar 2022 sticker album there as well. So we'll be, we're going to be talking uh, World Cup soon, but that's, uh, that's something that will certainly spark some people's interest. Yeah, absolutely. So Panini, who uh, produced all of the pretty much the majority of the sports cards in the world have all the licenses for that, have uh, dropped their flagship product, which is their prison product um, for the Qatar. And also they come in mosaic and also the prison. Um, they are by far the hottest sellers at the moment. And, you know, I think World Cup starts, we've got kick up on the 21st. Um, so a lot of people are pulling these cards at the moment without really knowing how these athletes have performed or the teams have performed at least. So I'm anticipating that that's just going to grow as, as we get more into the World Cup and, and how things go. But it certainly is something that everyone is, is trying to get their hands on. And Michael, when we were talking um, before, you, you mentioned that there is going to be a bit of a changing face to uh, collectible cards with um, Panini. Is, is there a new group coming in that's going to be getting the licenses and kind of changing the whole look of the cards? There you go, Brett. You have been spending some time in the store, mate. Yeah. <laughs> He's been holding out on us. Holding out on us over here, Michael. Listen to you, mate. Well, listen, if the fireys don't pay so well, mate, there is an opening. <laughs> but, uh, no, you're absolutely right. So, Panini uh, probably got about a year and a half or two years left, and then the licence is going to be moving for the majority of the major sports franchises to a company called Fanatic. Um, Fanatics, uh, if you don't know too much about them, 
Um, they're buying up a ton of real estate in, the, in sports franchises, stadiums, and really looking to change the landscape to how cards and collectibles are seen, or pretty much cards, I should say. But uh, they're introducing different things, like not only are they going to be doing cards in their physical form, but you know NFTs, which are, which are pretty hot right now, trying to create hybrids and knock down boundaries that were once there. Also trying to go out and grab I, I guess I guess what they look at is not everyone is interested in sports. Not everyone is interested in these particular products. However, there's a ton of people out there interested in music and artists and actresses, actors, uh, social media influencers. And they're putting together cards and collections around these particular genres as well. So they're trying to knock down a lot of walls that exist and, and make it something that universally people can sort of adopt. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's certainly what something need. I think there's still not a stigma or a stereotype, but a lot of people don't understand uh, the money in collectibles or the people in collectibles and why it is that they're still collecting. I think, you know, even my mum sort of scratching her head and said, you know, you've been, you, you were doing this up until you were like 14, 15, and now you're back into it, what's going on. But it's, uh, and, it, and listen, it is a rabbit hole once you get down there. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I'm excited to see what Fanatics are going to do in that space. Oh, we're excited to have you as part of the program as well. Really appreciate your time this, this morning, Michael. We've got to get to the news, but just quickly before we let you go, as Brett Maher has just told us that he does hold the pinball record down there, the high score. Is that true or not? Uh, it's a lie. You know what, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> you didn't have to say anything at all. Oh, just just a, let it ride, Michael. Just let it ride. Yeah, Michael. Look, thanks for joining us on the program this morning. No worries, guys. Thank you very much. Cheers for having me. Thanks, mate. Michael Zito there from Mayhem Collectibles. We are late for the 10 o'clock news. It's three minutes past. We'll get to that and come back with more, including an update on the Brett Maher card. Can you believe it? The postage is more expensive than the card itself. <laughs> Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Peatling the steal, Newley just keeps it in. Stolen back by McCarran. Oh, Mitch McCarran goes upstairs. Ranks McCarran. Cleveland. Off the glass. Five points the lead. Ratan Mays. Franks the rebound. He's had an outstanding night, Robert Franks. A double-double for him. His first of the season. Had 12 with the Bullets last season. Well, the Adelaide 36ers defeating Melbourne United 91-86, a five-point victory on Thursday night. And then last night, the Adelaide Lightning, 87-67 winners over the Sydney Flames in their first victory of the season. Thanks for joining us here on the Bungie and Breadster Show. We do it all thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, securing workplace safety. Google them today. Brett Maher, Andrew McLeod in the studio. And Breadster, we can finally say both our basketball teams getting a win. And, of course, the 36ers back up today. Definitely. And before I get into that, I just want to address this card issue. Um, (laughs) I've happened to stumble across my uh, Future Forces card, which is from 1996. I actually got MVP of that game. Uh, 35 points. And I think I had 13 assists in that game. (laughs) 
How many rebounds? Because uh, you are the four-time uh, leading rebounder, aren't think, you? I think it's a triple-double. <laughs> $8 for that card. $8. Oh, really? Not wow. 50 cents like the other one, and the postage was two fifty. <laughs> Your card, Bungie, what was that? $39. That was signed. Mine's not even signed. It would probably decrease in value if I signed it. <laughs> oh, that might, anyway, that, let's get on to that. That wouldn't be an official card. Uh, Let's get on to this uh, Melbourne Adelaide 36ers. Great to see them getting some wins. Obviously, uh, Craig Randall has been released. There's been a lot of talk about who could potentially come in for the team. But in the meantime, Robert Franks uh, was uh, very good. And so was Anthony Drimmick. They led the scorers with uh, 21 points. Antonius Cleveland also uh, very good with 15. Mitch McCarron with 12 points, seven rebounds, five assists, a nice little night. So they're getting some really good well-rounded contributions. Kai Soto had a lovely hook shot uh, running down the lane. He had eight, and so did uh, Sonny Detch. So they did well. It was always going to be interesting to see how Melbourne United came out, obviously off the back of uh, the big news, which we'll talk about a bit later, with Isaac Humphreys um, coming out through the week and... Um, just didn't know how that was going to um, affect their team. But they are really struggling at the moment. They lost to the Fe- – they got pumped by the Phoenix uh, last night as well. Terrible. Um, so, yeah, they're struggling, but a good time for Adelaide to get them. They got the win and are going to play against New Zealand today. That will be a tough one. New Zealand will play very well, and if Adelaide can win that one, that'll be a very good win. It looked like the, the other night against Melbourne. The only thing that that got us across the line, because when you look at the stati- statistics across the board, it was pretty even. It was just our free throws. So we went to the paint, uh, to the line, 29. We shot 26 from 29. That's versus, a great effort, 26 yeah. to 29. Versus six from 14. So we were able to get those, uh, you know, cheaper buckets that way. But that was that, for me, that was the only thing that really got us across the line. Well, we tried to lose it. We, yeah. we got... <laughs> We got out to defense a, is still a work in progress. Got out to a good lead, like fifteen or so up, and then they just kept coming, and it's oh no, here we go. But uh, they did do well. I think what, if you can shoot a good percentage, which they did, um, yeah. out rebound them forty three thirty three, uh, and you can control your turnovers, then I think you're looking pretty good. Uh, we got a fair few steals in the game as well. Uh, we had nine steals, and I think that helps when you can get steals. Get down and get some easy buckets. A lot of teams still um, living and dying by the three as well. Mm. It seems to be in the in the competition. But I want to ask you a bit more about the the dynamics of the team. Like since the departure of Craig Randall, what what do you think? Does it look a does it look a little bit more fluid? There's a little bit more gelling, a little bit more team. I think there's more ball movement. Like um, certain players hold the ball in their hands and it breaks down the offense a bit. They're moving the ball a little bit better. More guys are getting uh, touches. More guys are now getting in the rotation as well and feeling a bit more com- uh, comfortable. So I think that all helps. So they've got to be very careful in the import that they do bring in that hopefully they can um, – not affect that, just enhance everything and add to that. So um, probably a point guard is what they'll look for, I'd imagine. There's been some interesting names. Carmelo Anthony's name got thrown out through the week, <laughs> which, would, which would be an interesting one. Obviously, Jalen Adams. So there's a few interesting names getting thrown around. But they've got, I reckon, a little bit of time to just uh, sit on it and make the right decision, hopefully. Well, I asked you this question a few weeks ago, both of you being the basketball ex- experts in the in the building. DJ, still seems to be struggling. 
Where, where's he at? Is he is he injured? Is is he still he's finding just, his groove in the uh, team? I think where yeah. he fits. Six and eight on Thursday night. So yeah, still a working progress. He's having to adjust a little bit to everyone else, and that will. There's improvement there. His best is certainly good enough. They're yeah. sixth on the ladder, four and four. Mitch McCarran plays his 200th today against New mm. Zealand. No Kai Soto today. He had visa problems coming back from World Cup qualifiers. Couldn't get into New Zealand. In fact, the game in New Zealand today was almost called off because the breakers got stuck in Launceston in Hobart, cancelled flight, had to get a later flight. We're almost not going to get home in time. In fact, they got home at 2 a.m. this morning and they're going to, have to play at 2 p.m. today. So that's a huge benefit for the oh. 36ers. Oh, we're happy to take the forfeit. Forfeit would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, speaking about wins, though, what about the Adelaide Lightning? Mm. 87-67 over the Sydney Flames last night. Tell us about Lauren Mansfield shooting the three ball, Brett Maher. Seven or seven. What? Uh, you don't normally... And you know what that tells me? And the great Andrew Gaze said this to me once, and I kind of live by it after that. He goes, if you're shooting seven or seven, you're not shooting it enough. You need to be getting 14 up if you're shooting seven or seven because you are you can red hot. You can keep going. She was eight or nine from the field. That You aren't shooting enough if you are that hot. Why Chuck up the heat seekers. Find her. <laughs> well, yeah. and get, get her the, in goal her a bit more. Well, she's a point guard. She can run stuff for herself. But also Kirsten Bell, uh, one of the imports, KB, uh, she was very good as well with 22. And and our girl that we pump up every week, Izzy, Izzy, <laughs> Izzy Borlais, was once again really, really good. 11 points. I did a speaking engagement on Friday, and her mum was there as one of the guest speakers, uh, Jenny, and she was... Uh, she was a very good speaker and was talking about Izzy and and they've got some talent talented kids in that family. Wow. Uh, Crow's player and she's yeah. saying the other daughter is into a uh, surf lifesaving and um, well, dad played in what about twenty premierships and yeah, Port dad for played the as well for the Maggies <laughs> and she was uh, ten years as a diamond and um, so yeah, some pretty good heritage. But yeah, great win for the Lightning. But what we need is people to go down and support this yeah. team. We need to get big crowds down there. Bindon. There was attendance of about a thousand was reported, just under. But we need to get it up in yeah. several thousand down there, down at Adelaide Thirty uh, Sixes Arena. Um, it's also, been... the Crows AFLW girls were down there. They were posting about it down there. So. Yeah, we need to support this team. We need to get them going. They've had their first win. Let's get behind them and get down and support them. Next home game Wednesday, the thirtieth of November. So Wednesday night at six pm against Canberra, who are struggling at the moment. Should be another win, but yeah, first win of the season for the Adelaide Lightning. Steph Talbot, who's coming off an injury, just two points in twenty three minutes, but had seven boards. She did her role as well. Ten of the eleven Adelaide players had an assist. That tells me they're playing. A good brand of basketball, an exciting brand, certainly to look forward to. But uh, we need to take a break here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do it thanks to Nippies, farm-grown, family-made. We've got more, including the World Cup, right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Uh, get around. The Adelaide Giants, we're going to be talking all about that. AFLW as well coming up. But right now, thanks to Nippies, quench your thirst this summer with a Nippies ice-flavoured milk or fresh juice. I think Brett Mars just he's devoured the orange and now he's onto the black currant. And the mixture wasn't great by the expression on his face. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> but let's talk about right now the World Cup. Now, the World Cup of soccer is on and there's no beer. So I'm not talking about it. Go for your life. If there's no beer, I'm not interested. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe that. They're, so the announcement came out Friday 
that there'll be no beer to be sold to fans at any venue of the World Cup, which leaves them in a bit of a pickle, I would suggest, with their sponsor, Budweiser. Um, How much did they pay? $111 million Australian yeah, dollars to be part of this. Um, You'd be pulling that out, wouldn't you? You'd be, I'd be going, well, we'll pull you our You want damages. Two days out from the tournament. You, I, they can drink in designated areas, so pubs and, and bars and, and hotels and whatnot. So, but what that tells me is that, you know, the obviously football gets a, a bit of a, um, well, not a bad rap, but it, 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 it's a bad look because you always see, um, you know, they, they tend to load themselves up and then they walk to the grounds or they go to the grounds and that's when all the violence and, and everything else starts. And I just think that they'll be doing the same thing at the, the World Cup, loading up at the bars and hotels, which will be interesting because public drunkenness in Qatar is a crime and they might actually log them all up before they get to the ground. That'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the crowds are down for some unknown reason, but the prisons are bulging. Um, well, we play France in this first game, and that's going to be a real tough one. They're the, the defending champions. Uh, they've got talent number four oozing, in the world oozing out of them. Uh, one of the hot favourites for the tournament. Uh, our last five games against them, France have won three. We've won one, and there's been a draw. But the good news is, in the last five games that France have played, they've had a draw, a draw, a loss, a win, and a loss. And our last five games, we've had five wins. How good's that? Well, get on. Who did they play? You don't, <laughs> Doesn't playing. matter. Winning form's good for them. <laughs> they don't need their, to say who they played. Playing their New third. Zealand and a couple others, but that's all right. France have been playing their, what, third string team. Well, they've, uh, they've had some bad news, though. Karim Benzema. Uh, I don't know if that's Benzema. Right. Benzema. Benzema. He's Benzema. The, he's yeah, the, that's what I said. He's the he's out injured. He's the Ballon d'Or uh, winner. So he's the, he's the best player in the world. Yeah, he's yeah. out. Not just for the Australian game, for the whole tournament. It's wow. just just broken that he is out for the entire tournament. Thigh. He's got to, he must have a thigh. It must be a straight. He's got to have a, It's got to be a soft tissue injury. Has Maybe to it be. was the lack of beer. <laughs> Maybe too much. And just finally, that because I think it's it's interesting. The media have seemed to have honed in on the beer not being there as the main story of the World Cup, which is, says a bit about the media, I think, more so than it does about the World Cup. But you can't host an international event and say you can have something, and then on the eve of the tournament say no, we changed our mind. Well, they tend to do that over there, don't they? Just change their minds. They they, get to, they're hosting it. They can do Make they, it up as they go along. Just three of the past 12 World Cup winners have begun the defence of their title with a victory. You're talking me into this, Brett. There Mark. we go. We're a chance. We are we can, we nearly can a chance in this game. We're nearly, nearly a chance. Nearly a chance. We're not. But I, I'm predicting we'll go down 3-0. Uh, but uh, a lot of predictions I'm reading are 2-1. Um, everyone's predicting France. The the smart money would be on them, but you never know in a World Cup. Oh. Well, yeah, it, that's it. And defence wins uh, championships, and uh, as long as we're shored up and without uh, Benzema, and that'll give us half a chance. Now, I didn't. There was an interesting stat: how much they were worth. There's... Yes, one point six billion dollars. The French team. Yeah, that's Australia fifty seven million. So, so I think their lowest paid player earns more than our whole team. <laughs> so not bad. They're, they've got a heap of talent, but uh, will they work as a team? We'll see. We'll see. Well, I, I think it's, we could shock the world here. We're, we're a big chance to go through to the, the group stage. Hello.
Anything? I, I think back it to... It might come down to that last game. We played Denmark in the last We do, yes. Yeah. Tunisia on Saturday, November 26, and then Thursday, December 1 against Denmark, world number 10. I reckon we're a, we're a big chance of getting through the group I stage. think back to early 2000s when we made it through to the final 16 and uh, were ripped off against Italy in the final few seconds. If we can get to that flop, that sort of uh, result again would be would be. Unbelievable. Well, look, you need to get to a break, boys, but it all starts 2.30 a.m. on Monday morning. So if you want to stay up late tonight, you'll hear it on SEN. The FIFA Men's World Cup gets underway. And quickly before we take this break, we should mention the Matildas. 2-0 winners over Thailand on Tuesday. So they've defeated Sweden, South Africa and Denmark. They've won their last four. Claire Polkinghorne equals the record 151 caps for Australia. So they are going along nicely. And, of course, the World Cup. You'll hear it all here on SENSA 1629. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. All the summer sports are cranking up. Winter sports closing down, including the AFLW. The Crows' premiership defence over with Brisbane getting the job done by 23 points on Friday night. And then yesterday we saw Melbourne defeat North Melbourne in a good game by 17 points to progress to the grand final, which is next Sunday, 2.10pm up in Queensland. Two best teams have got through, I think, Bungie. Oh, I certainly have. I think, you know, if you did a snapshot of the the season, you're definitely saying that uh, Brisbane and and Melbourne were going to be there at the pointy end of the season. Um, And Brisbane probably just showed why they have been... Probably the best team of the year. Um, their pressure was was phenomenal. Um, their, their tackling, um, you know, I think they had twenty plus twenty tackles against the Crows, and you could just see it on the from the TV, um, and, and just that pressure around the ball, around the contest, and they just denied um, them any time and space to actually get the ball free flowing and. You know, hats off to the Crows girls. I think that they, they yes. threw what they had at them in, in what was an, an emotional week, uh, you know, after losing their their, their former teammate and 27 premiership um, player in Heather Anderson. And um, you could just tell that it was going to – it was from from the outset of the week that it was going to take a bit of an emotional toll on the girls as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, um, but they, they came out – they had a really – red hot crack and um you know they they gave everything they had um and and i think they could actually you know given where they've come from in the season i don't think they played great footy um but to get to a prelim again that's success it's 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 a huge plus huge huge feather in the cap for them so well done to the girls and you know i think it's been a it's been a big year for aflw um two seasons in one two seasons in one and they deserve a bit of a break and you know, hopefully they can they can get refreshed. They did look a bit tired uh, towards the end, but um, the other thing that really stood out for me was the the um, was the free kick count, eighteen to nine. I reckon there'd be a little bit of cause for concern, oh, and and some of that I guess is the fact that you know if you're talking to oh they got we got in first and we were able to get draw those free kicks, but some of the umpiring decisions early, I, I saw a few like there was some. Missed holding the ball opportunities and I just don't get it anymore when I watch footy and both men's and women's prior opportunity. There's none. You just throw, you just drop the ball these days. You don't have to, you don't have to get rid of it. I think the team that shows um, 
the pressure and that they're going in the hardest normally get rewarded and the other retaliatory team tend to get all the frees given against them. And that's, I think, what happened. The Lions were very good. They had a bit of a... So coming from your contested ball um, yeah, days? That's my history uh, in tens? footy and under eights <laughs> and under tens. That's, we always got... Re- no, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Lions were very good. They deserve to be there. But um, Melbourne as well, they play a very good pressure brand of footy as well. So next week is going to be, I think, a very good close game. But they're the venue, Bungie. Where where are they playing? Like they couldn't get some of the venues, could they? No, well, obviously because of cricket um, being inundated everywhere. But this playing at Brisbane Lions' new uh, home home ground, Springfield uh, Central Stadium, Michael Voss Oval is uh, seventy million dollars worth. It's it is. But I've seen some pictures of the ground and some video, and the girls. They haven't even trained there. Yeah. They're going to get an opportunity, I think, this week, the Brisbane girls. But it's a big call going there when nothing's been played there. The ground doesn't even look like it's – the, the grass doesn't even look like it's been sowed in properly. So this could be a disaster. Well, your backyard last year. Right, is here it? we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk all about that next week on the show in the build-up to the grand final to see how that all unfolds. We need to get to the 10.30 news here. You're with the Bungie and Bredster Show. We do it all thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us here on the Bungie and Brester Show. Your voice is important to us. If you've got some feedback, you can call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166. Time now for us to let it rip. And this is where we discuss something not necessarily of happening on the sports field as play as such. And it's today we're going to speak about Isaac Humphreys, who has come out as gay during the week. It was a big moment. I hated it about myself. I was disgusted at myself. I thought that I could not be that person within our environment, within a basketball environment. I decided that if I'm going to join a team, that I'm going to come out publicly and just make sure people know sorry, that you can, you can live and you don't have to hide just because you're an athlete. Powerful stuff from Isaac Humphreys, and we saw him here playing in Adelaide and now obviously playing with Melbourne United, and uh, it was a big week for him. Huge week. Um, It's such a big, gentle giant. For me, it's a bit of a blight on society and sport in general that someone um, has to struggle that much with, um, I mean, who they are and not being able to express themselves. Um, We don't make it easy in sport. Um, for people um, going through really anything. Um, and for him, he's clearly been going through a lot of turmoil. He mentioned that he tried to take his life at one point, but uh, just I really feel for him and a lot of others that clearly are in the same boat and, and not able to make that step yet to, to um, come out and live freely and... and um, feel like they're accepted in society. And for me, it's just sad that someone has to go through that. I think 
Um, we've progressed a long way since the 70s and 80s for sure, but we've still got so far to go. And uh, it's a huge move. The first um, player in NBL history, I believe, to yep. openly come out. Um, uh, well, I know of a few other players that have been gay over the years but haven't come out. Um, clearly, they didn't feel comfortable in doing it. Um, it was great to see... Um, so much support came through social media for him uh, via the NBA, uh, via the NBL, his teammates, um, the other teams in the NBL. I think um, a lot of people are very accepting of it, but just internally, um, some other people, just in general society that I know that are, that are gay have gone through similar uh, turmoil and internal um Furor, uh, really, um, and yeah, I just hope that we as a society can kind of improve on this and make it a little bit easier for people going through whatever they're going through. Certainly, um, very brave from from my perspective. Just uh, and I feel like he's Isaac coming out, um, out and and saying that is he started a new chapter or pathway for for men's basketball and sport as well um, in, in our country and and one that's of inclusion. Um, you know, uh, understanding, safety, love, being being able to be vulnerable, um, and and, and, and powerful. Um, you know, creating that pathway for others to to, to follow and be accepted um, is a change for the good, I believe. And you know, we've seen it in Josh Cavallo um, in, in Adelaide United and, um, what he was, what he went through, which is very similar and, and how brave that was for him to come out and the support that, that he got, um, obviously Ian Roberts, he did that as a NRL player. Um, after he retired, he, he came out and, and did that. I, that was probably the, the first one that I saw. And I just, we need to continue evolve this and destigmatize. Um, homosexuality and you know for for guys and um in, in sport and in society i think it's something that we need to be better as as a as you as you said brester is that you know to provide um a, a safe culturally safe environment for for people to to be their true selves um you know sport has the ability to to, to do that and we've seen it and you know i tip my hat to the women's sport um, it seems I, to be I accepted think, in women's I sport that, a lot more. Yeah, and they've they've changed the face of sport in our country for the better. I think for certainly for the better, um, and because it is accepted and it's part of who they are, and, and they're really comfortable within their within themselves. So, I, and I, it's a lot more prevalent in women's sport as well, which yeah potentially helps. I don't know. Well, we just don't know. Brett, like mm. you, you, we're talking over six, say AFL, that, for example, AFL, gonna... there's over 600 guys and, and you hear, you hear stuff, you hear a lot of stuff uh, uh, being thrown around and no concrete or anything or no, but the, the day will come and I, you know, I, we just hope that they have that same, they, they feel that like Isaac has felt with his being at Melbourne, he's got that, that safe place where he can actually do that. And I hope that, you know, if there's people out there that are struggling with that, that they've seen this and they can actually go, you know what? I, I am, I want to be in that space. I want to be comfortable and start reaching out and having those conversations. I think, um, when you're the first to do it in a sport as well, it's really hard because you see the media, 
that's jumped on it. And, and you kind of feel sorry for Isaac in a way because something that he wants to get out there. But now everyone's jumping on it and he's just getting smashed with stuff. And a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable with that, uh, uh, in and, and dealing with that, just because of their sexuality. And that's probably what holds well, a, a lot of them that's back. That's their own business, really. Mm. They, your sexuality is your own business. Mm. And you don't have to share, share that. But if you if, if that was something that you felt that you, you wanted to do and you were struggling with the fact that, you know, what I would like to be able to share this and, and tell us this here is the, the, the opportunity um, and we've seen it and the love and support that people get because that's all we want. We want these guys to be felt supported. We want them to be in an environment where they can be their true selves and, and um, just, you know, because like he's obviously a great person. He's a great basketballer um, and you just feel for someone who's like, that's some, he's been to some dark places. Mm. Um, and you know, hopefully that he can now be that beacon of light and hope for, for others. Um, and he's, he's become a trailblazer. Um, you know, he's going to, and he said, I want to be that person for other people to be, um, to be a leader, to, to show that, you know, and, um, that, and it's okay. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, I don't think I've seen a more powerful moment for a long time in sport. Than, than that moment the other day. Now we celebrate it with the great man, Isaac Humphreys. And if this has raised any concerns or issues for you, Lifeline is there for support and you can ring them on 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14 for if you need to speak to Lifeline about this or any other issues. But uh, congrats to Isaac Humphreys on what has been a great moment for his sport and for him as an individual as well. More on the Bungie and Bretster show right after this. His most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster show. Ah, Thanks for staying with us or joining us here on the Bungie and Bretster show on a Sunday morning. We're approaching 11 o'clock, 10.48 to be precise. A little grey outside, but uh, we've had a big show so far and still plenty to get through as well. And we do it all thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, supporting the sample and community football in 2022. Google Lauren X today. And it is time for us to talk about... The Adelaide Giants, season underway. They're against Korea, Geelong, Korea, uh, with Korean team based in Geelong. And you know what? One million people have been watching every one of their games. Game four of the series is today. But this is massive in Korea. And when you think about it, the Adelaide Giants are probably the most watched team in Australia right now because they're playing the Korean national team and they get such huge following from the Korean people. It's huge through Asia, isn't it? Like Japan's number one sport, Korea, it's massive. And it's great that uh, Adelaide is up 2-1 in that series at the moment. We had the 9-5 uh, first up win, 2-1 win, but went down 9-5 uh, yesterday, uh, unfortunately. So hopefully we can bounce back again today and get back in the winner's column. Well, the man calling all the action for the TV broadcast is Eric Ballner, who's on the line. The Adelaide Giants are doing quite well. Eric, thanks for joining us. Fellas, how are we this morning? Are we ready for a big game day today? We are indeed. So it kicks off at 12 noon today. Yeah, 12.30 SA time, 1 p.m. in Geelong. And is it wrong that I'm already a little bit like, nervous for kind of an early season big game when your team is playing in it like I, I love this about sport but I didn't think, think it would come this early in the season 
Look, it's been a great series, hasn't it? Nick Ward, the man we had on a few weeks ago here on the Bungie and Brett's show, smashing a homer in game one. It was our pitchers who came to the party in game two with Liam Bull, 20-year-old rookie, hitting a home run as well. Then yesterday didn't go our way. We lost by four. What's going to happen today, Eric? Well, it's, it's kind of weird, right? Like, there's a lot on the line early season. It's sort of an early season-defining game between Adelaide and Geelong, Korea. Like, both teams sort of had an idea of how their season would start. And for one team, it's going to be okay at the end of this weekend, and the other is going to be left chasing their tail a little bit. So, like, Adelaide right now, they're 3-4. and four. GK, they're 2-4. and four. Uh, But a win for Geelong, Korea, what a difference it would make for this club because – for the first time in their existence, they wouldn't be last place after two rounds. And with a GK win today and a couple losses to Melbourne just down the road, GK would actually be in a playoff spot, obviously early season. But, you know, they'd have one, two straight. They would have earned a split, fought back in a series, and just kind of made the statement that, you know, this isn't a GK team of old. They sent a lot of really, really, really talented players over here, a couple former big league players, some high-end draft picks guys that will be looking on that national team in the World Baseball Classic, some excellent pitching. And then for the Giants, like they've been injury riddled to start the year and they've had to start eight games on the road. So if they can come back home to West Beach with a four and four record with 20 of their last 32 games at home, it's all ahead of the Giants. Like it would set them up so, so nicely. The problem is they are injury riddled. Their depth is certainly going to be tested a little bit today. And a loss that put them at three and five, they'd be at the bottom of the division to start. So a win, and it all feels really, really good. And a loss, you're chasing your tail. So it's going to be, um, it's, it's sort of the ones where it just shapes your season uh, for the rest of the way. So I'm really excited to call kind of an intense ball game right off the bat. A really tough start to the season, being on the road. Perth, uh, we lost all three to them. They're looking like the. Uh, Probably early front runners for me. Um, what do you see uh, in today's game? Who has to really step up? Who have you been uh, really happy with in the couple of games? More so against Geelong Korea uh, in the first two ga- three games. Well, the Giants are a bit lacking in pitching depth at this exact second. They get a couple arms back next week. So today is, is kind of an all-hands-on-deck team game. So I'm looking at that from the Giants pitching staff. They're going to have to use six or seven pitchers. They're going to have to go one or two innings each, and it's going to be a complete team effort across the board, which makes it fun to watch. And the guy starting is actually a really cool South Australian story. His name's Jordy Gross. Uh, He's about 26 years old. He was only pitching Division III baseball about five, six years ago. Wasn't on anyone's radar a few seasons ago, not even Division I clubs here. Worked his way up there, won the Pitcher of the Year in the Division I State League a couple years ago. Got a chance with the Giants in the exhibition season last year. Didn't allow a run. And today, in the biggest game of the early season, granted, he's the one that we'll we'll call open the game. He's going to have to go two innings, and he's going to have to keep the score as low as he possibly can because then the Giants can hand it over to a lot of Team Australia arms they have in the bullpen and in all hands on deck and hopefully a close game. So that's kind of what I'm looking for tonight is it's all about how does Jordy Gross open the game today? Can he keep damage to a minimum? Can he keep the Giants in the game? Because if he can give us two pretty good innings, the Giants are going to be set up really, really well to win the game. So that's sort of how I'm looking at it today is it's going to be a complete team effort. So hopefully they can uh, do it from start to finish. Well, they they scored. They got some momentum late in the game uh, yesterday and scored three runs in the in the ninth. So it'd be nice to build on that momentum um, and and just take that into today. Yeah, Jordan McCardle hit a 
huge home run late trying to build some momentum. And then, like you said at the top, Nick Ward's been pretty fun to watch, right? Like, he gets on base, it seems like, every time. Last night, he had, like, a 12-pitch at-bat that he ended up getting out on. But everyone just raves about that Philly grit and toughness that he has, that anytime he comes up to the plate, there's, like, this air of intensity. Everybody's watching him, and you kind of brought into the at-bat. So there's some really fun guys to watch on this team. I think when we're back home, people are really going to enjoy getting around this team. And Eric, if anyone wants to watch the games, they can do it for free online, can't they? Yep, ondemand.baseball.com.au. All the games are up there. Game replays are up there. Uh, It's live and free. You can just register your information right away, and you can watch it, and you can come spend your afternoon with me watching uh, a pretty intriguing ball game against, like you said, a million people in Korea watching these games because that's they're just baseball mad and obsessed and they've sent a pretty good team over to Australia this year so it's a good challenge for the Giants. Eric just a bit off track uh the story of Curtis Mead that dropped through the week going over to play in the in the major leagues uh with Tampa Bay uh how much is that being talked about within um the local leagues? Oh I mean it's it's the talk of the town right I mean we haven't had a a South Australian play in a big league game in over 20 years. We haven't had one on a 40-man roster in 15. We've never had a position player. So when you get to see a kid from West Lakes that grew up playing baseball at Lockleys, that grew up playing junior baseball, little league, state team, just like every other person that plays baseball in here, I think everybody kind of sees themselves and identifies with Curtis Mead, and everyone's just so proud of him because he's uh, got a chance to put Adelaide on the map in terms of the baseball world in circles. And I think he knows that too. He's been an unbelievable ambassador in the game. So you love it when great things happen to great people. And uh, Curtis Mead is no exception. So it's been the talk of the town. Everyone is super pumped and super just excited and feels good for Curtis. He's so approachable, isn't he, Eric, as well? We saw at the season launch there with Steve Rem from Pelligra was there mm-hmm. as well. And Curtis Mead, it, it, the news had come through and it was announced there. And he just sort of, you know, he, he wanted to play it low key. It was massive for him. And, of course, it's going to be massive this week because the first home games of the season are coming up. Now, it kicks off on Thursday night, 7 o'clock at West Beach against the two-time defending champions, the Melbourne Aces. And it's a charity fundraiser for Andy Sutton as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Andy was uh, one of our most passionate supporters, you could say. He kind of made a name for himself sitting up on the hill right behind center field, and he would heckle the opposition outfielder, cheer on the team, dance, bring a megaphone. And uh, sadly, he was diagnosed with lung and liver cancer in just April of this year, and then three months later, he was, he was gone. So um, it happened really, really fast, uh, and he used to collect all these great baseballs, bats, batting gloves, memorabilia from around the ballpark, and we gave him a really special at-bat a week before he passed away. Uh, we brought him down to the ballpark. We announced his name over the loudspeaker. He came up. He hit a ball off a tee, ran around the field, had a little inside-the-park home run. It's a cool video if you can go check that out on YouTube. It was really heartwarming stuff, and he was gone a week later. But at that day, he ended up giving us a big bucket of his memorabilia that he had, signed balls from former players, future MLB players, guys that have made there now, um, and – he said, let's, let's do a charity fundraiser at the start of the season. So we're auctioning off all of Andy's uh, charity or his, uh, his memorabilia that he collected over the years. Uh, and all of that money will go right back to uh, lung and liver cancer research. And it's all in his name. So 
we're uh, we're really excited to do that. Obviously, we wish Andy was at the game, but I think it's just our little way of saying that we know that Andy is going to be at the game with us no matter what. And uh, if fans want some of his old memorabilia, well, they've got to make a donation to lung and liver cancer. So I think it should uh, should be a pretty nice afternoon. Uh, terrific work by the club. So that's Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Friday night, 7 o'clock is 80s night, and you're taking requests for music from any of the punters that want to get along. If Saturday game is at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 2.30, it's Bring Your Dog Day. Now, dogs normally not allowed at the ballpark, but if you're with a paying adult, the dogs can come in on the Sunday. Yeah, bring that paying adult. Dogs can come in for free, and that should be pretty fun, right? Uh, always fun to see those dogs running around. It's actually a great place for a dog to come on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It's near the beach. We'll have lots of water and treats and, and things for the dogs around. But just something fun to do in the afternoon, right? Bring the family, the whole family. And don't leave your dog at home. I know there's a lot of dogs with COVID separation anxiety. They can be part of the, <laughs> they can be part of the action, too. Well, Bretza, what, what about if you've got a couple of dogs, eh? Eric, like Brett's is Do you like, have to bring two a, adults? Do you bring two adults? <laughs> is he, is he get two dogs in? Nah, we'll, we'll make it. Yeah, bring bring all your dogs. Just one paying adult. Bring as many dogs as you want for free. There's a dog club across the road. If they want to bring all 12 of their dogs that will be running around that afternoon, we'll, we'll, we'll let them in. Uh, it's going to be a fun day at the ballpark. and it has. Been, I've been reliably informed we've got a, a live organ player as well. We do. Oregon <laughs> Ashley is going to be slamming down the tunes. Some uh, little call and response. What's not to like? Game. No, I mean, come on. It's, he'll be sitting right at the top of that main grandstand, right behind home plate. So you'll see him standing there, all decked out in Giants gear, just uh, playing some songs as we go along. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching Oregon Ashley at the game. You know, at least if, if we're not winning, and, uh, you know, at least you can listen to some 80s tunes on request on Friday night from our Oregon player. 80s tunes, that sounds good. Well, you fit right in, Bresser, because you're still dressed from the 80s, so you'd be (laughs) right. Oh, wow. Yeah, boys, if you want to come out to the game, let me know. We'll set you up in a deluxe spot. We've got a couple (laughs) of fun sections around the ballpark. Oh, that sounds excellent. You got one of those. What about you know those dunking machines where you can actually throw the baseballs at them and dunk them? I'll put Brettster up there. I'll come down and throw a few balls at them. I'd pay to do that. I would definitely pay to do that, Eric. You know what? That is actually a brilliant idea. I don't know why none of us have ever thought of that, but a dunk machine <laughs> yes. you can put a, someone with a little status up on there where people could go and try to dunk them. That would be brilliant. I think we're going to – that's my first thing I'm going to do on Monday morning when I get back to Adelaide is I'm going to call every person in town that has one of those dunking machines. I'm on it. <laughs> there you oh, go. We'll put Brits are up there. Uh, get... You'll make a fortune with me on there, don't <laughs> worry. We'll set that up yeah, for we'll you. Outstanding. Well, great work, Eric. Before you come home, they get that win for the Adelaide Giants today against Korea, please. We will. Everybody tune in on demand.baseball.com.au and come watch some baseball with me this afternoon. Appreciate your time, Eric. Good luck today. Thank you, fellas. Have a good one. Eric Bolner there from the Adelaide Giants calling all the action that you can watch and their four-game series starts on Thursday. It's going to be big. Get down to West Beach if you can. We just have to hope the weather it joins in on the fun as well. It is a good atmosphere down there. They they do do that side of things very well. And I think the organ player, like you think of baseball, you think of that. How's it going? That tune. Can you, can I was going to try and pop it out. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. No, stage fright. What? Um, but, yeah, I think that will be fantastic. You can work on it during the news headlines, <laughs> Brett. So we want to hear it before we dun, go. Dun, dun, dun. Here on go. the Bungie <laughs> and Brett's show, the musical accompaniment. Stay with us.
Team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Appreciate you staying with us here on a drizzling Sunday morning. We're here to brighten it up for you. And we do it thanks to Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest growing trading cards and collectibles specialists. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. We had Michael on earlier from... The uh, Mayhem Collectibles, they've got a big show on today. Get down to their opposite the parade at Nord. So Pokemon today. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. And great news on a Sunday morning to know that Australia has won another World Cup. In fact, not just one, but we've won two. The Rugby League World Cup of men and women at Old Trafford in the UK. Getting it done, Bungie. We got it done. Oh, they certainly did. And it was, um, oh, I think... It was it was always going to be tough for Samoa to, to come up against uh, the Kangaroos, and they've been the form team of the of the the competition, um, you know. And they just they they just actually applied the pressure and uh, scored when they needed to. There's a couple of early moments there where uh, Samoa had Australia on the back foot, and uh, man of the match and the captain uh, Teddy James Tedesco, he was able to. to uh, to save a couple of 40, he saved an amazing 40-20. Jerome Luai was kicking for to, to get the advantage to Samoa and he was actually to drag the ball back in, change momentum and, and then go forward. But they were just too good. And he scored, he ended up scoring two tries. Um, James Tedesco on the back of that, uh, on his man of the match performance, Latrell Mitchell scored two tries. Liam Martin and uh, Cam Murray went over for singles and, um, and for Samar, Brian Toll and uh, Stephen Crichton, who has become the intercept king. That was he, a good intercept, wasn't it? Yeah, he, exciting. He sort of takes you back to the days of Brett Kenny, I think. We're back in the, the World Cup over in England when he was sort of known for that. Um, and Stephen Crichton, the uh, the fullback for for Penrith, uh, he, he was able to, to, to pinch the pocket of... Um, it was uh, Ben Hunt who threw that ball and he was able to intercept it and, and go down. But it's, it's just great. I think it's great for Samoa and the fact that someone else besides England um, and New Zealand or France have actually played in a final. Part of me was sort of hoping that Samoa, it would be nice to see one of those smaller nations uh, win something like this and, and what it does. But it certainly has. And they had the support of, there was a massive uh, uh, video from The Rock Sent a send a who's, who's obviously Samoan heritage, and he sent a a, a a message to the boys, which was pretty powerful as well. But uh, just didn't get them across the line. They might have needed to get the rock up in the forward back and uh, running up against a couple of those Australian forwards. There weren't too many hangers on for Australia either. There's some uh, pretty solid contributions all round. I really like watching Cleary play myself. Uh, I think there'd be no better feeling than. Uh, and we did it a couple of times in this match when you break through the line and go for a big, big run. And we did that a couple of times uh, to get some tries. But, uh, yeah, there's some great passes uh, to get us through into the small gaps. But for me, there wasn't a very big runoff area at the end of the pitch. Like, no. they're, they're jumping through, scoring tries and virtually well, running into the fence at the end of the field. because you're playing on soccer pitches or footy pitches and then there's not very much... There's one I think Tedesco scores the first try, and you can see it because he goes over and it was put through the gap, and he dived like a he dived from about a meter out, and then he, all of a sudden he's just about in the crowd, it, and it's like a downhill slope going down, and his teammates run over to pick him up. But that's I think that's just what you face when you're over there. Um, and talked about the women's game too, case 
Australia did it quite comfortably in the end against New Zealand, 54 to four. Um, Ali uh, Bragshaw from the Brisbane Broncos. She was a player of the match and some stars in there. Isabel Kelly. Is that Brigginshaw? Brigginshaw, sorry. That's in the world. I'll get yeah. there. She is. She's fantastic. Uh, plays plays in the six. Does a does a wonderful job. Isabel Kelly scored a couple of tries. He's, um, she was in the team of the tournament. Um, and then a couple also to Kennedy uh, Cherrington and Jess Sergis. So... Great win by the girls, and that's three consecutive World Cups in a row. It is, and Ali Brigginshaw, back-to-back MVPs in the finals. So She's a gun. She's been a gun in Australia for a long time and leads the Broncos around the park all the time in our NRLW as well. Well, they're going to have to come up with someone new to replace her because I don't think she can go around too much longer. She wants to go to the next World Cup in France. She's too good, mate. 2025. You You do it at 36, that's sport. Let me tell you something about... Telling you something about They're tougher than basketballers. They are. They're a lot tougher than basketballers. <laughs> oh, there's no no <laughs> argument here. And I'll tell you something that a, one of my coaches told me many, many moons ago is that the game doesn't know how old you are. Mm. But your body does. <laughs> and uh, she, if she makes it at 36, that that is impressive. Like you see Lauren Jackson come back. Yes. At, 40-41, and that just goes to show. Oh, so she's still got you're plenty right, of time. But, yeah, she can go to the next two. Um, but, yeah, in that sport, the the pounding that they put those bodies yep. through, how hard they hit each other. Well, she's a playmaker, so she she doesn't have a lot. She runs the line and stuff, but a lot of that that big smash and crash and bash uh, is done by the she'll forwards. She'll start to get she calf just, injuries in the just, next couple of years. She just directs them around the park. She just... <laughs> she just Make sure that everyone's running into the gaps oh. that need to be made. What a gun, though. We, we, uh, we've been very lucky and blessed to be watch her, watch her career. Exactly. Australia winning the Men's and Women's Rugby League World Cup overnight. Let's celebrate with them. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Ressa. Judge! Can't wait for oh, that. Well done. We're going to take a break here in the Bungie and Bretster show. Still plenty more to come your way. We'll try and tidy things up a little bit as well right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. Baseball season is here. Come cheer on the Adelaide Giants and discover your new favourite sport this summer. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. And pleased to report the Adelaide Lightning with their first win of the season last night by 20 points. The Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. Get around them and get that crowd building. We have got a big... It's been a big show so far, hasn't it? We've spoken about the cricket, the strikers and the WBBL, the Australia defeating England, the 36ers win and their preview against against New Zealand today. As I mentioned, the Lightning winning by 20. World Cup football, no beer there. Matilda's winning four in a row. Isaac Humphrey's coming out. Rugby League World Cup. It has been a very busy show. And hot off the press, the Wallabies. We like following the Wallabies. And today, up against world number one, and it was a good performance, Bungie. They have got within three. So going down 13 to 10 after losing to Italy by a point, losing to France by a point and beating Scotland by a point. Can't wait for next week when they play Wales. Even though they're only one and three, that's a pretty good campaign, I think. I think they'd be certainly buoyed by their performances and taking it um, right up to the, the world number ones in Ireland. And that game, they actually went right down to the wire 
where they, they had a penalty and a, an opportunity to, to steal the game. Uh, they had a penalty. They put it into the corner for a line-out, um, set up the line, uh, the line-out, won that, got into the mall, into the breakdown. Um, as, as we've seen a number of times with the Wallabies, something they need to work on is around that rule, the mall and their rucks. And uh, their halfback, Jake Gordon, he uh, came in from the side and gave away a penalty, which uh, sort of killed the game. They were about two or three metres out from the line and with momentum. So uh, I think they'd be pretty happy with what they've been able to achieve. And if they get a win against Wales uh, in their final game, it's a, it's a big tick for me. I think it shows they're around the mark, doesn't it? Yeah. They're, they're playing some decent footy, not quite enough to win uh, against some good quality opposition. But um, when you're away and you're... You're close and you're around the mark. I think it's not bad. Like you, you should win with that home crowd support. Um, I think it gives, it's worth a couple of points. So I think they're doing pretty well. As we've spoken about on this show, Live Golf is coming to the Grange Golf Course April 22 to 24. Gee, it's great that you can get a three-day general admission ticket for 80 bucks. That is cheap. Uh, that's good value to go and see some of the world's best golfers. But if you want to play in the Pro-Am, well, you've got to, you need to know someone. You'd know someone, wouldn't you, Bungie? You can angle for that one, Bungie. You get the sticks out. You, uh, Doesn't you, got, you got all the gear. Doesn't interest me. I got no. I got no gear. I'm not. You're the bloke that walks around with the million dollar golf clubs and the and and can't the, hit them and the dollar swing. <laughs> last, time, last time we played, I still reckon I was out driving you with my 1958 three wood. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to getting down there. They're going to have some big names, and we always well. You compare it now to what what's the PGA delivering here in Australia and. Um, not a lot. We haven't had many big majors out here for a, a long time, and let alone the best players in the world. But to get the likes of Cam Smith, Phil Mickelson um, coming out, Cam off the back of his massive win, $6 million payday, uh, I think it's going to be great to watch. They'll put on a spectacle. Greg Norman will be here. It's the site of uh, some of his uh, best achievements here in SA. So um, I think it's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, the Pro-Am, if you know someone and yeah, you can get in on know. that. Yeah, let us know. So you're uh, saying you need an N1. What are you saying? You want to play in the Pro-Am? I'll play in the Pro-Am, yeah. I, I've played in a couple of Pro-Ams before and um, brought the level down. Uh. <laughs> Jeez, I better not have any crowds there. Last Pro-Am in... I played in, they had a hit off on the uh, 18th hole. They put uh, the tee off about 100 metres out. And they had uh, the amateurs go against the pros um, or amateurs against amateurs, luck of the draw. And I drew a pro and he put it within about three feet of the hole. And I put, I was shaking as I put my tee in the ground. I put it in, stepped away, and I just said, I said, just hit the ball, just hit the ball. I hit it. As soon as I hit it, someone behind me yelled out, four. <laughs> and it went about, it went into about the 10th row of people standing around the green. I love it. Crank out the SA Open Pro Am Trophy that I'm the proud holder of from oh. about 1987. Hello. I want to say, playing with Stuart Gin and a couple of other people, got the prize uh, at I, Royal Adelaide. Am I hearing a little bit of a challenge being thrown? I up think here? we should have we to have, have a little SEN challenge. Yeah, well, well, that's probably the last time I played golf though, about 35 years ago. But there is going to be some world class sucking up to try and get into this <laughs> Pro Am, isn't there? I'm happy to come and drive the cart for you. Yeah, Seriously, that's probably about my driving skill. <laughs> But as well as just in charge of the cart. Well, I'm looking so, forward to seeing. It. I think it's great. It's yes. great for SA. Great to have another once. event. And if we can make a yeah, a two, three, four year deal, um, then I think it'll be 
a very good thing for SA. Four-year deal, locked in. That's going to be fantastic. Mm. Uh, look, let's turn our attention to F1 because their season-ending race is the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix tonight at 11 o'clock. Red Bull are one and two on the grid. And last week on the show... We had an expert. A 13-year-old debutant F1 <laughs> expert, Raf Casey, came on and told us this. I think it's almost confirmed that he's gone back to Red Bull as a reserve driver and he might get a drive in 2024. That was the prediction on mm. our man Daniel Ricardo, and I don't know where he gets his information from, Raf Casey, but I do know I've got a very expensive international phone bill, so <laughs> we're going to have to work on Skype or Zoom or some other type of arrangement because well, he's nailed uh, it, hasn't he? He's got he's it nailed in the one. pick. And what we're talking about before the show is there's been a bit of toing and froing in the camp with yes. Verstappen, oh. and uh, have you got? A little clip on that there, Let's Case. Let's listen in to Max Verstappen after he was told to move over and make room for his teammates. Max, what happened? I told you already last time. You guys don't ask that again to me. Okay? Are we clear about that? I gave my reasons, and I stand by it. Absolutely disgraceful from Max Verstappen, and mm. his teammate Sergio Perez responded in this fashion. I'm sorry about that, Checo. We're DP Capitec. Yeah, it shows who he really is. I didn't quite oh, wow. catch what he thought he was, but I don't mm. think it was polite. I wouldn't have thought it would have uh, <laughs> been a nicety there. Well, it would be nice for that just that little relationship to blow up and someone just moves aside. That's what we're angling for, I think. Verstappen out. And Perez and, of course, our man, Daniel Ricciardo, driving 1-2. Red Bull are 1-2 on the grid for today's race. And just to put some context around that, last year, Sergio Perez helped Max Verstappen win the world title. Mm. And he did it a couple of times in races. Last week in Brazil, they were fighting for 6th and 7th. And... Our man Max was told, move over, let him through. He needs the points. You've already won the world title again. We've already won the Constructors' title. Move over, let him through. And that's what he said. I'm not doing it. That has cost Sergio Perez second spot on the Drivers' Championship. So if he had let him through, he'd be second going into so today's have first, race. Second. They have first and second. They've got first and equal second because Charles Leclerc from Ferrari is right there as well. But that is one of the most disgraceful teammate Selfish. acts that I have seen in world sport for some time. Does it impact their um, like the the championship in terms of uh, manufacturing? No, they've already won, so that, they as won well. that as well. They've okay. won. Red Bull have won that, and so clearly, won. clearly, it's just to help your teammate out to help him. Like he up. did last year yeah. to help you get the world title. So he said in that little clip, "I have my reasons. I have my reasons. I've told you these reasons. It'll be interesting to know those reasons." It's probably why, why he's not very well liked in the well, does F1 he, Maybe he gets paid per points he gets per race. Not that he needs extra money. These guys are on a fortune. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. Come on, man. And that's why part of the reason that Red Bull have decided to get their man Dan Ricciardo back in there is because they'll use him to sponsors and get out there and Mm. meet and greet and so forth because he is a great team man. Mm. And Verstappen is the complete opposite. So I wouldn't be surprised... Uh, Dan's talking about getting a ride maybe in 2024. It might happen a little bit quicker than that because Max Verstappen at the moment, well, he's persona non grata, particularly here (laughs) in Australia. Watch this space. Hey, hey, I just got a text message through as well. I just thought I'd get, because we are interactive here and uh, got a question for you guys. It was actually directed at me, but I want to ask you guys, Bungie, where does Chelsea Randall play her best footy? It felt like she was basically throwing around a plug gaps all season. 
Astros forward entries need serious work. Now, we've had this discussion a bit. What are your thoughts, Brester, on the fact that where Chelsea Randall plays her best footy for the Crows? Well, uh, for me, I think she's their best player in every position, so it depends. <laughs> it depends. If we had 18 of her, how good would that be? Um, it depends who they're playing, I think, and where she's needed most, and that's where she's going to be best. Um, I like her playing that back line because she stops pretty much everything coming in and then runs it out. And for me, um, it was similar when you played. You played that sort of role for a lot of your career uh, coming off that. Miss, miss uh, fix it, she is. Um, she back line, so running is. it out and setting it up into the forward line. So I, I like her there myself. And I'm, you, Bungie? Oh, I'm a bit the same. I, I just think that she's, she gives you great flexibility, but I think she plays her best footy behind the ball. All right. Well, let's hope she's going around again next year with another successful campaign, at least getting up to the preliminary final stage of the AFLW grand final still to come as well. Look, we are almost out of time here on the Bungie and Brett's The Show. Hope you've enjoyed it this morning. Hope you can join us again next Sunday as well. We'll do it all again then. On behalf of Andrew McLeod back in the studio, Brett Meyer, good man Jason out the back making it all happen. I'm John Casey. We'll see you next Sunday here on 1629 SENSA. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.